Welcome to First Formation, a spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 12. Praise the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, for she is good. For her steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty doings of the Lord or declare all her praise? Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them. That I, that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our ancestors, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wonderful works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled against the Most High at the Red Sea. Yet she saved them for her name's sake, so that she might know, make known her mighty power. She rebuked the Red Sea, and it became dry. She led them through the deep as through a desert. So she saved them from the hand of the foe, and delivered them from the hand of the enemy. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them was left. Then they believed in her words. They sang her praise. Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down at that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie will give, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave it for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke, woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to keep an eye on those who cause dissensions and offenses. In opposition to the teaching that you have learned, avoid them. For such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the simple-minded. For while your obedience is known to all, so that I may rejoice over you, I want you to be wise in what is good and guileless in what is evil. 
The God of peace will shortly crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Good morning and welcome to the 17th Tuesday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Idensville, Maryland. Our readings come to us from Psalm 106, Genesis 28, and Romans 16, but being September 22nd, it is the feast day of soldier Saint Maurice of Thebes, um, now known as the area of Luxor. Uh, Maurice is um, significant um, because he was very early, or the account was very early. Um, the, um, it's set his story is set in the late 280s. Um, and in a nutshell, he is the commander, I think uh, he's depicted as the commander of a legion full of Christian soldiers. Um, it's likely that the account is fictitious. It may have some elements of, of fact, but for the most part, the story is, is made up and all get into why in a second but the story is that Maurice and his Theban legion um, under the um, under the command of Emperor Maximian in the 280s um, they were commanded by Maximian to do among other assignments you know regular assignments they were um, one day told to go and harass a bunch of Christians, uh, a Christian kind of town. And um, it's unclear exactly what the harassment included, um, but they refused in mass. And there was, in the, the account of Maurice and his legion, there's a whole debate. It's actually fairly lengthy. Um, there's a debate about what to do, and they finally settle on um, telling Maximian to shove it, basically. Not that disrespectfully. But they basically said, no, they're not going to. Um, and some, uh, some interpreters have suggested the harassment was violence and they wouldn't do violence against other Christians, um, which is kind of, you know, self-serving to an extent. <clears throat> other interpreters have said, no, it was just, you know, just kind of, you know, like in Iraq, we should turn off the water when we wanted something out of a city. And some interpreters have suggested something more like that. It's just to make life hard on them. It wasn't necessarily violence. And they refused to even do that, to harass other Christians. Um, the, uh, once the unit refuses, they are then um, they're punished by a, 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 this method of punishment called decimation. Deci from ten... And decimation was a, uh, what happened in decimation was another unit would come through and kill every 10th soldier, hence the, the name stemming from deci or 10. And then they were told again, go harass these Christians or kill these Christians. They again refused. They again were decimated and told, okay, go do it. They said no, and the third time, the entire unit is just slaughtered by another military unit. Um, and there's a number of individual saints that come out of the Theban Legion 
Maurice is the most noteworthy because he's portrayed as the commander, but there's also, I think, Mercurius, Domitio, and all kinds of, like, weird Latin names. Um, and uh, this is a really powerful story. Uh, however, we know it's almost entirely fictitious. Like, there's some that we know there's a, a soldier saint uh, by the name of Maurice in, um, in Eastern Europe, and some scholars think that his name and history was borrowed, um, but there is never a point in which the majority of a Roman legion was made up of Christian soldiers in the year 280, or in the 280s. Um, there's, uh, I think that the, the pacifism of the early church and the, well, I'll say the pacifism of the, of the early church is overstated in scholarly circles in Christianity, but that doesn't mean that there was enough popularity within Christianity at the time that most of a legion, even half of a legion, would be filled with Christian soldiers. Secondly, the, the Christian city or community they're commanded to go harass wouldn't have been known to an emperor because the Christian church was still underground. Um, so whether or not there, there was a Christian community as opposed to just houses or whatever, um, A, and B, whether the emperor would have known about it are also dubious. Um, and so because of the, the story is, is about you know, this huge number of Christian soldiers, um, <clears throat> the uh, part of the debate that it incites is whether Christians can serve in the military. And this was, you know, it, it was an unpopular idea in the early church. Um, the early church was not uniformly pacifist, as some have stated, but it was an unpopular notion that Christians serve in the military. Um <clears throat> The story, uh, as best, you know, there's a number of different theories about it, but some of the most, one of the most credible is that it was written by a bishop as an argument or a, an incitement against the emperor, um, I don't know if it was Maximian or Theodosius, I can't remember, um, but essentially the, the, the slaughter of scores of Christian soldiers was supposed to incite anger against the emperor um, for what, I don't know, I don't remember. Maybe the scholar lays this out in this theory. But um, the idea is that, um, you know, if you're a Christian and you're reading this, even maybe a Christian soldier, and you see that the emperor decimated the unit and then slaughtered it because it was Christians who wouldn't attack Christians, that's like, that's just straight fear-mongering. Like, uh, you know, tribalism at its worst um, or, or best, I suppose. It depends on how you look at it. Um, and so that's, that's the overall idea that, <clears throat> that, um, somebody wrote this in order to, um, rile up Christians and probably at a later date, probably close to the 400s or something like that. Um, but the, 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 the political nature of it, um, I think rem reminds me of, of politics in our day where it's kind of, you know, bare-knuckled, you know, kind of um, MMA-style politics as opposed to let's, you know, do the right thing and make sure that we're governing in a way that unites people. It's, let's win. Um, and I think that the if this theory is true, I think that there's this, there's that element to it. Um, 
that hasn't kept the early church and the rest of the church from, you know, using this story in other ways. Um, Maurice, uh, for example, was um, being from modern day Luxor, he's, um, he's African, just like uh, Augustine of Hippo. Um, <clears throat> unlike Augustine, Maurice is typically depicted as African, as you know, dark-skinned. Um, and so there's a, a 13th century statue of St. Maurice that you'll find if you Google his name. Um, and they use, I think, ebony stone to carve his statue. Um, and in other um, images, including the one I'm using for this episode, he's clearly dark-skinned, um, contrasted against the white skin of a bishop. Um, and so you could, and I, I know it has uh, been the case that this story has been used to empower minorities, to to inspire and solidify um, the voices of the marginalized and the oppressed, not just because um, in our own world, um, Africans are, are marginalized and oppressed, um, but also Christian soldiers to look back on this story and say, look, <clears throat> Christian soldiers have um, been a part of the military or whatever, which was true, just not at the concentration that the story suggests. Um, and when you read the hagiography, the, 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 the martyrdom itself, there's a number of really um, important lines that, this, that have been written onto the lips of Maurice and the other soldiers um, about remembering that our service is to God first and not just to the emperor, that we are to honor the emperor, but that certain orders may go too far. Um, and so as a, as a work of art, as uh, a literary um, you know, piece, there's many different ways that this story has been interpreted. Um, one of my favorite, um, because it, it's uh, rather um, ignorant and yet widespread, is that St. Maurice is the patron saint of the infantry in the United States and in other countries as well. So if you may have earned the, the St. Maurice medal or award or whatever the heck it is, and St. Maurice being the patron saint of the infantry is this really odd choice because um, his commander decimated his unit twice and then slaughtered them all. And what comes from their lips in, these, in this story is a reminder that we don't obey our, our commanders blindly. Um, and to put that saint in you know a religious context at the at the head of the the infantry ideology, I think is just wonderfully subversive. Um, so uh, I encourage you to Google Saint Maurice. I think the blog post I had of him has has been um, the link has been broken, but um, I encourage you to Google and look into the Saint Maurice. I don't know if it's a society or an award that you can win in the infantry. Um, but today, September 22nd, has been his feast day in the Western Church. And um, though his story is mostly false, there is a, some truth to it. There is a, uh, a St. Maurice of Aramea. Um, and um, there's also some, some, I don't know, parabolic or um, metaphorical truth to his story that I think is quite valuable, not just to the the ancient church, but to our own church today.
a prayer to St. Maurice from the St. Maurice Society of the Archdiocese for Military Services in the United States. St. Maurice, most blessed and honorable patron saint, you who fought so valiantly on the battlefield of faith, steadfastly opposed the tyranny of earthly rulers, boldly confessed faith in the one true God, and preferred to die by the sword rather than to betray our Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for us. O holy martyr and loyal soldier of Christ, obtain for us the courage to persevere in truth, to be a light in the darkness of the times in which we live, and to defend the honor of the church wherever it is opposed. Obtain also for us the grace to endure patiently all the trials and hardships of this life, and to carry our cross in the spirit of prayer and self-denial. We ask this in the name of, our, of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.